0: More than 2500 years ago in ancient Babylon, God gifted a Hebrew man to understand the future through dreams and visions so that he could foresee all the way to the end of the age. Daniel chapters 7 through 12 provide us with the most comprehensive view of future world history found anywhere in the Old Testament. These mysteries of Babylon unveil God's plan for the ages, help us understand the present world in which we live and prepare us for the return of Jesus Christ. What God knows about the future, he is also willing to share with us. Prophecies recorded in the ancient book of Daniel are more relevant today than they have ever been. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good.
1: It's one of the most anticipated prophecies in the entire Bible. A seven year season of tribulation followed by an eternity of triumph. And Dr. Ron Jones takes you there next on this Thursday edition of Something Good. Hello, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for stopping by. Today, Ron shares from the book of Daniel into a prophecy concerning events that will take place at the end of this age. Stay with us or look for us at somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. You can also subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. From his teaching series, Route 66, the ultimate road trip through the Bible. Here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, Daniel, standing strong until the end of the age.
0: Prideful King Nebuchadnezzar. But through all of these prophecies, two of which we'll look at in detail in just a moment, God demonstrates his sovereign rule over the kingdoms of this world. Let's go to chapter two for a moment. Chapter two, we find that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar has a disturbing dream. Now he's not sleepless in Seattle in uh, chapter two. He's sleepless in Babylon. He has this dream that awakens him. He does what a king would do when he has a dream. He calls together his magicians and his sorcerers and his enchanters. And he says, guys, interpret the dream for me. Tell me what my dream was, then interpret the dream. And they failed. They couldn't do it. And then they called Daniel in. And the Lord had given Daniel a night vision. Daniel saw the dream that King Nebuchadnezzar had. And he asked for some time, very kindly, very graciously, asked for some time to come back with the interpretation. And when he does, he explains to King Nebuchadnezzar about this massive statue that appeared in the king's dream. From head to toe, the statue was made of gold, then silver, then bronze, and down at the legs, it was made of iron. During the dream, suddenly a stone flies out of nowhere like a Nolan Ryan fastball. I don't know who the closers are today, so. Nolan Ryan, one of the great fastball pitchers. It's like a Nolan Ryan fastball, this stone that flies out of nowhere, smashes into the base of the statue at the feet. Uh, just, just, Just picture in your mind those planes flying into the Twin Towers in New York City, and moments later, they're crumbling to dust. This is what happened in Nebuchadnezzar's dream with the statue. And the Bible says that the wind carried the dust away so that no trace of them was found. No wonder the king couldn't sleep. It was a very disturbing dream. He didn't know what it meant. Daniel 2 and verse 35 says, but the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Now, through the king's dream, God revealed to Daniel the history of of humankind from that time forward. Specifically, the beginning and end of Gentile rule on planet Earth. And the dream envisions the rise and fall of four successive world powers, starting with Babylon, represented by the gold head. That was the superpower of the day. But following that, predicted by the dream and the vision, uh, was the Medo-Persian Empire that would come in time, pictured by silver. And then the bronze belly and thighs point to Greece. We look back in history, they were looking forward in prophecy, but we remember from history the, uh, 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 the uh, reign of uh, Alexander the Great and how he just you know, swept across the earth. And then um, Rome appears in the Iron Legs. One thing that's kind of interesting as you think about this statue and the four metals and the meaning behind it all, um, the devolution of human government pictured in the unfolding of the prophecy from gold to silver to bronze and then to iron. From the top of the statue to the bottom, the quality of the metals decreases in value. However, the metals also increase in strength. So throughout Gentile history, you're going to have a decrease in, in, in the quality and the value of human government, but an increase in the strength of that government. And we, we, we can see that from the Babylonian government all the way to the Roman Empire. As we race to the end of the prophetic age, it's not difficult to see how the iron will of authoritarian government will conflict with the clay-like voices of the people who suffer under tyrants and oppressive regimes. The feet at the bottom of the statue were a mixture of clay and iron. The clay-like voices of the people, the the authoritarian will and power uh, of an oppressive government. And such oppression will fully bloom under the rule of the Antichrist at the end of the age. And that's when the stone comes out of nowhere, smashes into that... Uh, that that final um, appearance of Gentile rule, which, which some people see as the revived Roman Empire just before Christ returns. They see that in the statue's feet and the ten toes, which are a mixture of iron and clay. I know this is a lot of Bible prophecy and imagery, but Daniel saw this thousands of years ago. The course of Gentile rule throughout human history until the Lord God of heaven and earth reigns forever. Now there's another prophecy that um, is found in Daniel chapter 9. It takes up the least amount of space in the book of Daniel, but spans the longest period of time from a king's decree in the 5th century before Christ all the way again to uh, the end of the age. And I'm talking about the messianic prediction known as Daniel's 70 weeks. Uh, This is one of the most uh, breathtaking and stunning prophecies. Found in Daniel 9, verses 24 to 27... And it came uh, from the angel Gabriel to Daniel in response to Daniel's prayer Uh, prior to these verses. Daniel is praying. Uh, He's pleading for mercy for himself and for his people. He's fasting. He's in sackcloth and ashes. And the angel Gabriel appeared to Daniel, giving him this breathtaking vision of Israel's future. Daniel chapter 2 is about the the unfolding of Gentile rule throughout uh, the human experience, But Daniel 9, 24 to 27 is all about Israel's future. Uh, Almost all Bible teachers agree that a prophetic week, and we're talking about Daniel's 70 weeks, that a prophetic week equals seven weeks of years, not days. So really what Daniel's 70 weeks is talking about is a time period lasting 490 years. According to the prophecy, the clock starts ticking when a future king makes a decree that allows the Jewish exiles to return to Jerusalem and rebuild their temple. We, we delved into some of the details of this when we studied the books of Nehemiah and uh, uh, Esther and, um, and uh, books in that range of the Old Testament. Uh, from history, we know that this happened in 445 B.C., this decree did, when a Persian king named Artaxerxes made the decree. So this, this prophecy... Daniel's 70 weeks, we know the start date. Lasts for 490 years. It started with the decree. We have the date. We know it from history, 445 B.C. Now, this prophecy also divides the 490 years into three smaller units. 49 years, 434 years, and 7 years. You following the math here? The prophecy further divides the final prophetic week, Known as Daniel's 70th week, into into halves, the first half of the seven years and the second. The purpose of the prophecy, Daniel tells us, is to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to establish righteousness, and to anoint the most holy. Now, in summary, these 483 years, or 69 weeks of the prophecy, have already been fulfilled. From the time of the decree of King Artaxerxes in 445 B.C. until Palm Sunday. You know the significance of Palm Sunday? The week before the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus mounted the donkey, rode into Jerusalem on exactly 483 years after the decree or the fulfillment of 69 of the 70 weeks. You ever think that God doesn't have a sense of timing? He does. He keeps a pretty good calendar. And the Bible says in this prophecy that at the end of the 69 weeks, the anointed one shall be cut off. What's that referring to? It's referring to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. This is a messianic prophecy. Uh, That leaves one more prophetic week or seven years to be fulfilled. It's known as Daniel's 70th week. And that's still future. Daniel's 70th week is also called in Bible prophecy the tribulation period. Seven tumultuous years on earth following what I believe is the next event on God's prophetic calendar which is the rapture of the church.
1: We'll be right back with more of today's Something Good message from Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Something Good Radio is a 100% listener-supported ministry. We depend on your prayers and financial support to help Ron share the gospel of Jesus Christ through this media ministry. When you give this month, we want to say thank you with a brand new resource from the ministry of Dr. Ron Jones an e-book that goes along with this current series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. The fourth of eight e-books in the series is based on the five major prophets of the Old Testament, Isaiah through Daniel. And it's our gift to you for your gift to Something Good Radio. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org, that's somethinggoodradio.org, or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757- 276 1099 so now let's join ron for the rest of today's something good radio message daniel standing strong until the end of the age
0: now now tyrants whether it's nebuchadnezzar or somebody else they thrive on chaos can you imagine the chaos on planet earth when the church of jesus christ is raptured out millions of christians disappear in the twinkling of an eye the Bible says this country's economy would collapse in probably less than a month and the world economy sent into a tailspin perfect for tyrants perfect for the ultimate tyrant who is the Antichrist who will step onto the world stage and say I got you covered I can provide safety I can provide security I will be your savior. This is what socialist and communist governments do. Socialism replaces God with government. The government is your savior who will care for you, who will shepherd you, who will make sure you're safe and you're you're, you're comfortable and taken care of. And they can only sell this this idea when there's chaos. It used to be years ago, it was hard for us as, as students of the Bible to envision People on earth that were so gullible that they would just say yes to the Antichrist, it's not hard anymore. Because in some sense, we're being conditioned for this. The mandates, the, the chaos. We'll take care of you. We don't know how close we are to the end of the age. We're in the last days, technically, of Bible prophecy, which started at the birth of Christ and goes all the way up you know, to the second coming of Christ. How close we are to the final days of the last days, we don't know. But you see the conditioning, the conditioning happening. Presently, we are living in a gap between Daniel's 69th week and his 70th prophetic week. This time we are in is known as the church age. It began on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And will last all the way up to the rapture of the church, which could happen at any moment. That's why you got to be ready. Live your life in anticipation of what the Bible says is going to happen. Because when Daniel received the vision in chapter 2, he was living in Babylon. The idea of the Medes and the Persians overtaking the Babylonians, are you kidding me? That's like, that's like trying to say somebody's going to you know, overtake America today. Nobody could envision a superpower like Babylon falling, but they did. And then nobody could imagine a superpower like the Medes and the Persians falling, but, but Greece overtook them. And then Rome, and then in Bible prophecy, the revival of the Roman Empire and all that's happening in Europe, and the Middle East, and all that, the stage is being set. The world is being conditioned. And it will just be easy for the world to say, oh, this charismatic ruler known in the Bible as the Antichrist, I'll take care of you. For the first three and a half years of Daniel's 70th week, he makes friends with Israel and negotiates peace in the Middle East. I mean, what, what, a, what a savior he is. And uh, Israel even gets to rebuild their temple during that time. I've been doing some uh, research in anticipation of our next uh, um, uh, trip to Israel. And uh, there's some interesting scholarship about where the temple was. You know, uh, most people say, well, it's, it's, it's right there on Mount Moriah, the Temple Mount, where uh, the gold-domed, mosque is right now. How how would Israel ever be able to rebuild their temple uh, right there? But but some are saying, and there's some there's some convincing scholarship on this that the temple, Solomon's temple, was actually built a little bit further uh, down off the off of Mount Moriah in the city of David. And if that's the case, it's easy to, you know, without interrupting this, you, you you build over here. Interesting discussion. Uh, Orthodox Jews aren't buying into the scholarship at this point, but interesting discussion. It's, it's, a, it's a possibility of how that may play itself out. But the Antichrist is a friend to Israel in the first three and a half years of the 70th week and then he turns. Every tyrant does when he's got you in a, in a subservient position and you owe him something And the last three and a half years of the tribulation period, the last three and a half years of Daniel's 70th week, Jesus called the great tribulation. Culminates in the battle of Armageddon. There in the Jezreel Valley. Oh, you can see why Napoleon said, this is the greatest battlefield in human history. When he set eyes on the Jezreel Valley. And at the end of the battle of Armageddon, that stone, like the Nolan Ryan fastball, comes and crushes the Gentile kingdoms of the world, and Jesus Christ returns with his church and sets up his millennial kingdom on this earth, which Daniel saw thousands of years ago. The Bible's an amazing book. The Bible's more up to date than um, today's news scroll on your smartphone. Why we need to read it. The purpose of Bible prophecy is, of course, to inspire trust in the sovereignty of God and hope for the future. Uh, Daniel, not to mention Ezekiel and Isaiah and, uh, uh, and Jeremiah delivered God's word to the the exiles in captivity before, during, and, and even after the exile to give them hope for their immediate future. But it also contains hope all the way to the end of the age if you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. No book of the Bible does that better than Daniel. Of course, there are others. The book of Revelation, Matthew 24 and 25, the great Olivet Discourse where Jesus met with Peter, James, and John, and Andrew just days before he went to the cross, and they ask him questions about the end of the age. It's a fantastic conversation. And all of it fits beautifully together. Revelation compliments Daniel. Daniel compliments... Why? Because it's all God's story, right? It's what we've been learning on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. This, This is God's story. It all fits together. It is the inspired Word of God. So friends, stand strong. Dare to be a Daniel. Be a person of character. Be be competent in what you do. Be good at what you do. And be courageous in your faith. And do so all the way to the end of the age until you hear the trumpet sound, dear child of God. And we go home to be with our Savior.
1: Thanks so much for joining us for today's Something Good radio message. Daniel, standing strong until the end of the age. Dr. Ron Jones joins me now. And Ron, anytime we talk about future events here on Something Good Radio, I can't help but get the feeling that many of our listeners are asking themselves the same question Are we living? in the last days and as we wrap up today's show tell us if you would your thoughts on this subject
0: brian there's no question we're living in perilous times a season in world history in which many of the signs of the end of the age are present a rapid moral decline a growing anti-christian sentiment stories of war and terrorism economic turmoil political revolution even earthquakes disease other natural disasters These are the things that seem to top the news stories of the day and they're exactly the sort of things Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 24. They are signs of the end of this age. But let me say this too, Brian, we are not the first generation to ask these questions. We are not the first generation to think that, yes, we may very well be living in the last days, Uh, nor are we the first to experience a world that seems to be spinning into chaos. Early in the 20th century, we fought two world wars, wars that took the lives of 100 million people. In fact, even in the beginnings of the New Testament church, some 2,000 years ago, the Apostle Paul talked about the imminent return of Jesus Christ. So while it's tempting to convince ourselves that we are living in the final days of the last days, and and perhaps we are, Brian, perhaps we are, uh, there is something far more important to think about. No matter how many days this world has left, You and I and everyone else on earth only have a set number of days left to live. All of our days are numbered. Jesus may return tonight, or he may return 200 years from now. On the other hand, any single one of us could die tonight. So I would encourage people not to get too preoccupied with uh, the timing of Christ's return, and instead make sure we're ready to meet him, however that meeting takes place. Uh, whether it happens at the end of all days or simply the end of our lives. The Bible says today is the day of salvation, and the reason it says that is because today is all we are promised.
1: That's Dr. Ron Jones with a few final thoughts on today's message. Daniel, standing strong until the end of the age. Well, Ron, it's time for a new road trip here on Route 66. Let's talk for a moment about where you're headed tomorrow here on Something Good Radio.
0: Well, Brian, next time we begin road trip number five on the ultimate road trip through the Bible, I'm talking about the minor prophets beginning with the book of Hosea. You know, Brian, I often hear people say that Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And while that is true, I don't believe it takes us quite far enough. There are all types of relationships, each of them different. I'm talking about friendships and a marriage, a business partnership, parent-child relationships, and so on. So to fully understand what a relationship with God is all about, we have to talk about the very nature of God. And as we move ahead to the book of Hosea, what we'll find is that God is the most romantic being in the universe. He is love. Jesus is the bridegroom. We, his church, are the bride. So next time, as we discuss the book of Hosea, I'll dive into this uniquely romantic relationship between God and those who have come to faith in Christ. That's
1: tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Hosea, God's Loyal Love. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.